1: Well, hello. I hope that you are well and truly getting into the Christmas spirit by now. Hope you got your Christmas jigsaw out and you've got your shopping planned. And I put on my very best Christmas jumper today, which isn't really in Steve Wilson territory, but it's at least the right sort of festive color generally. But I hope that you're gearing up and getting ready. And we are in the moment having a preaching series around three of our most beloved Christmas carols that we would sing at this time of year and I hope that even though we can't come together and sing that you are seeing some Christmas carols in your home. And so this week we are focusing in on what has to be my absolute favourite Christmas carol. Well actually not my favourite because my favourite Christmas carol is my wife, Carol. But my favourite carol to sing is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Surely it has to be the greatest Christmas carol. I know I'm probably already starting a controversy out there. But We're going to look at this hymn today together and look at some of its background and look at some of the wonderful and deep truths that are contained within it. And Hark the Herald Angels Sing was really written off the back of the scripture we have just heard read to us. The account of the angels coming to the shepherds and announcing the birth of a newborn king. And what we've just heard read in the story is what we know so well about the Christmas story. Uh, Joseph and Mary hurry to Bethlehem where the long promised and awaited Messiah Jesus is born in a lowly stable in a manger in Bethlehem. And as he is born there are choruses of angels breaking out in heavenly song at this amazing moment. And One theologian called R.C. Sproul said this about that moment. He said, what we celebrate at Christmas is not so much the birth of a baby, but the incarnation of God himself. This is the wonder of Christmas time. This is the, the, the mystifying, stupendous message of the gospel that at Christmas time, God came down to earth. God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The Messiah entered into the mess of this world that you and I live in. It's the wonder of the incarnation that God would become a small, innocent, vulnerable, baby born on planet earth J.I. Packer says of the incarnation he said the almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby needing to be fed and changed and taught like any other child the more you think about it the more staggering it gets nothing in fiction is so fantastic as this truth of the incarnation the incarnation is in itself an unfathomable mystery but it makes sense of everything else that the new testament contains this message of the Incarnation is so unfathomable, so, so otherworldly that the angels in this story cannot help but suddenly break out in heavenly chorus, that the the unseen world suddenly becomes seen as they break out amongst some innocent shepherds just looking after their sheep and they begin to announce this, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. They cannot help themselves but announce this good news. Uh, I remember a story of my daughter, Lauren, when she was uh, very young and she was being pushed in a pushchair by her grandmother, my mum. And as uh, she was being pushed along, she looked quite sad. And so my mum said to Lauren, she said, Lauren, what's wrong? And she said, well, I heard that Jesus is dead. And my mum said, well, where did you hear that? she said, well, I heard someone say that Jesus died on a cross. I'm feeling really sad about it. Jesus is dead. And so my mom said to her, yeah, but the good news, Lauren, is that Jesus rose again. He's now alive and he's alive forevermore. He rose from the dead and Lauren's little face just lit up and she beamed from ear to ear. And as they arrived at the play park that they were heading to, she saw her little friend James and she ran straight over to her little friend James. And I won't do the Geordie accent which she had at the time. And she said, James, James, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive because she just couldn't help but tell someone about this good news that she had just found out. Well, that is the picture in this story. The angels are so mystified, so amazed at the glory of this news. God has come to earth that they cannot help but break out in song. And so they interrupt the shepherds, they're like, "Oi, shepherds, listen to this. Glory to God in the highest. God has come, his peace now rests and his favor now rests on the earth. This is an incredible moment. And really the angels are the first heralds of the good news. They're the first heralds of the gospel. Gospel simply means good news. And it tells us something very important actually, because the gospel is not so much good advice as it is a good announcement. The gospel is not good advice. The gospel actually is an announcement. This is what N.T. Wright says about the good news, he says. But many people today assume that Christianity is one or more of these things, a religion, a moral system, a philosophy. In other words, they assume that Christianity is about advice, but it wasn't and it isn't. Christianity is simply good news. It is the news that something has happened as a result of which the world is now a different place. Friends, that is the gospel. The gospel is an announcement that God has done something so stupendous, so amazing that now we have to live life differently as a result. And the angels are saying to the shepherds, guys, something has happened. We are announcing to you the good news. God has come to planet earth. Therefore, the whole of your life now has to change. The gospel is good news. And of course, this story that we've heard read is certainly worthy of a great song. It's worthy to be immortalized in a song. And Hark the Herald Angels is the song that we sing to remember this moment. And it was written to immortalize this angelic explosion of praise. And it was written by a great revivalist, a man called Charles Wesley. And Charles Wesley was a Methodist minister in the 18th century. He wrote, over 6,000 hymns in his lifetime, Uh, second only to another lady, Fanny Crosby, who wrote 8,000 in her lifetime. But Charles had this hymnal of 6,000 songs that he wrote and his goal in writing hymns was really to teach theology to the poor and those who couldn't read or write. And so he would write deep and thorough theology in song so that they could sing and learn the Bible and learn the story of the gospel. And his brother, John Wesley, once said of Charles' hymnal that it was the best theological book in existence. And that's why the songs that you sing really matter, because most of us learn our theology from the things that we sing. And so Charles wrote this song. In fact, he wrote it only only a year after giving his own life to follow Christ. Uh, One year he was uh, walking to church on a Christmas day in London when he heard the church bells ringing across London. And in that moment, he began to write down a poem, and the poem was called Hark, How the Welkin Rings. And Welkin in 18th century English means heavenly, how the heavenly bells ring. And then in 1753, one of his friends, George Whitfield, who was another revivalist in the 18th century, took this poem and put it to music and called it Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And it gives us the song that we now know today. And what I love about Hark the Herald Angels Sing is that it was written in a time of revival in this nation. It's a revival song. It's a song that has the Spirit of God all over it, which is why still when I sing it, I just think about the days in which it was written. This is a revival song written by great revivalists. And really this song is a song in three parts. It has three verses that we would traditionally sing. And it's a song in three parts and it is the story of the gospel. It's the good news. It's the announcement of the good news. Uh, Part one uh, of Heart the Herald is an announcement of Christ's birth. It's the announcement of Christ's birth. Part two is about the adoration of Christ and the mystery of his incarnation. And then part three is the accomplishment of God in Christ. So it has three very distinct parts to this song. And so what I'm going to do is just simply read these lyrics together so you see the wonder of the gospel contained in this song. So here's part one, which is about the announcement of Christ. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King, peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic host proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. That's the announcement. But secondly, we have the adoration of Christ in his incarnation. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel, hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And then part three is the accomplishment of God in Christ. Hail, the heaven born Prince of peace. Hail, the son of righteousness, light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I mean, what a hymn. I mean, this is just stunning, stunning revelation about what God has done in this moment in history. God stepped out of heaven onto the earth. He was born that man no more should die. He was born to raise the sons of earth, to give them second birth. God incarnate, in deity, veiled in flesh. This is the wonder of the gospel, friends. And you could find no more deep theology than these three verses in this hymn that we sing every year together at Christmas time. And I think there are two applications from just these truths that we've looked at together. The first application is this, is if you are listening or watching this message today, and you don't yet know Christ, you don't yet know this God who entered the mess of human history. Friends, my encouragement to you this Christmas time is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. He is the only way to God the Father. He is the only way that your own sin, your own wrongdoing, your own sense of shame, your own sense of guilt can be removed and cleansed as a gift. Friends, I would urge you to investigate the claims of Jesus Christ. You know, no other religion has a God who actually steps into the mess of humanity, who became a man. He is not unsympathetic with your weaknesses, with my weaknesses. He's a God who's entered in and who understands. Someone once said this, that the son of God became the son of man, that the sons of men might become the sons of God. Friends, you have an offer before you. An offer unlike any other, it's better than any kind of Black Friday sale or any kind of Boxing Day sale. You have an offer from the King of Kings for you to enter his family. And so I would encourage you to investigate the claims of Christ and to put your trust in Jesus, who came for you 2,000 years ago. I think the second application for others of us that are perhaps already believers and are watching this message is simply this. Who are you going to tell this good news to? You know, the angels couldn't help themselves. You know, my little Lauren in a pushchair, she just couldn't help but share the good news with the first person that she came across in that playground. And, And to be honest, that is a natural response to news this good. And the challenge for myself, and I think the challenge for many of us is, what will we do with this good news? Will we keep it to ourselves? Or will we actually share it to people who are desperate for good news at this time, perhaps more than any other? And I would encourage you to dust off this hymn and to sing it again with worship in your heart, drinking the truth, but then let it motivate you to share Christ wherever you go. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening.